Hello friends, my name is Brenna. And I'm Danny. And, and this, this is Law Goes Stories. Today's episode contains graphic information that some listeners may find disturbing. Listener's discretion is advised. Welcome back, Lagos friends! For the month of August, with school back in session, we wanted to share cases that involve students. Unfortunately, college campuses all around the U.S. are rampant with crimes to include burglaries, aggravated assaults, and sex crimes. I hope that by telling one survivor's story, this can help not only bring awareness to the issues at hand, but also provide safety tips to young students preparing to go back to school. And with that, I do want to provide a trigger warning for today's episode. We will be speaking about violent sexual assault and abuse, so please be advised. Yeah, I think when we're all excited about the new clothes and school supplies, even though you're only excited when you buy them, yeah, <laughs> um, it's also a really good important time to circle back and making sure everyone is safe, especially for a lot of college freshmen or people who go off to school, whether it be a boarding school or a private school or even just going in general if your child is walking to school yeah. and you're not with them. Um, all of those things carry a, a risk if safety is not considered first and foremost the most important thing when you're in those situations. So I think it's a great reminder for everyone because we need to make sure we are vigilant and safe when we're out doing these exciting things like the new school year. Yes, and especially if you're like living like out of your family home, maybe on your own or mm-hmm. with roommates, I have included some products, some inexpensive products. Oh, so there you it's kind of like a back to school security shopping. There you go. So um, if you want to check that out, and they're all should be less than like fifty dollars. There you go. I ain't gonna spend money like that either. Hashtag poor. Yes. (laughs) And before I tell you about our survivor, Ava Stokes, I want to provide you with some statistics. In a study conducted by the National Center for Education Statistics, or NCES, in 2019, there was a total of 27,300 crimes that were reported to police or security on college or post-secondary campuses. And Danny, do you want to guess what crime was the highest for that year, counting for 43% of all crimes? Mm, no, I'm going to say sexual assaults. Yeah, unfortunately. of all crimes that were reported based on this study was forcible sex offenses, which is defined as, quote, any sexual act directed against another person forcibly and or against that person's will, end quote. I mean, I figured that would be the highest, but 43%, that's so high. Yeah, almost half. That's, yeah. And I have a few more shocking statistics to share. According to RAIN, or the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, women aged 18 to 24 are at an elevated risk of sexual violence, whether a college student or not. Their sources, which I have included down below, show that 13% of students, undergrads, and graduate students experience rape or sexual assault through physical force, violence, or incapacitation. From that same source, the data shows that 5.8% of students experience stalking since entering college. On top of all of that, 50% of all of the rapes or sexual assaults took place in the first or second trimester. 
specifically the months of August, September, October, and November. Data also shows that only 20% of female students aged 18 to 24 will report to authorities. And I don't know about you, Danny, but those numbers are completely unacceptable and terrifying. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you noted that a lot of people don't report. So just imagine if everyone did, did report, report, those numbers would be way, way different. Out the roof. Yeah. Okay, let's get to our survivor, Ava Stokes' story. And I do just want to note that originally after the attack took place, Ava chose to stay anonymous, but three years later, she shared her story with the public in hopes that she could help other survivors speak up, and that's why I'm sharing her name. Oh, I love that. Yes. In September of 2018, Ava was 18 years old and was just six weeks into her freshman year at Georgetown College, a private Christian school located in Georgetown, Kentucky. Ava lived in a campus apartment with roommates, when on the night of September 23rd, her world would forever change. Shortly before 3 a.m., Ava was awoken by a man holding one hand over her mouth and holding a knife to her throat with the other and threatened to kill her if she made any sound. He then began violently raping her for hours while her roommate slept nearby. He made several threats to end her life while the attack occurred. The man then made her shower in an attempt to remove evidence. Shortly after this, Ava saw a chance and she took it. She grabbed the knife from her attacker and began stabbing him several times while also screaming to alert her roommates. The man fled and the police arrived shortly after being called around 5.30 a.m. The man would be found nearby with multiple stab wounds and was taken to the hospital for treatment. He would later tell police that the sex was consensual. Of course he would. Yeah. But way to go, Ava. Yes. Like, turn that story around. That is crazy brave of you. I cannot even imagine what it took in that situation for you to be able to not only think on your feet like that, but also execute it. So, I mean, I think just right there speaks volumes in the kind of woman that you are. But, wow, that is very scary that that was happening with her roommate asleep next door multiple roommates and i think there was a roommate that also had her boyfriend like staying the night so there was multiple people and you know it was a campus apartment so you know they were all in the same room granted but like they were you know sleeping nearby and i don't know if you're going to get into this later but was he watching her like see the routines and things like that so that way he knew where to get in, where to exit, and all of that without disturbing her roommates? Yes. So, okay. I wasn't going to originally put that in there because it was unclear. Um, Later, I will go into, like, the video evidence because there was video of him kind of just, like, pacing back and forth of the breezeway Mm. of the apartments and, like, trying to find an open door, which Ava's apartment, unfortunately, was open. Oh, no. That same evening... Her roommates were at the bar. He was at the bar. There was no communication amongst the two of them, but Ava was a designated driver that came and picked them up. So it's unclear whether or not he saw them and followed them from there, or it just happens to be a coincidence, but it very well could be he he saw the roommates at the bar, followed them home, and then was just kind of waiting to take his chance. Yeah, you mean, as you replay, you'll never actually know kind yeah. of how that happened. And this guy's never going to tell the truth. And, it, and I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter because no one should be in this situation. And at no point should anyone feel like, oh, I could have done this differently or that differently. Because at the end of the day, 
the person that did this to you is the one at fault. Exactly. But it's interesting that a lot of those things could or couldn't yeah match up or whatnot yeah ava's attacker would be identified as 32 year old cody arnett he had been released from prison and on parole as a felon less than three months before the attack and was well known to authorities u.s marshals in georgia captured arnett in 2014 after he robbed two banks in kentucky it's unclear as to why he was let out of prison so quickly. I mean, you would think someone would serve more than four years for two bank robberies, but I can only assume that he was released for, and I'm using air quotes here, good behavior. Wow. Also very interesting that he has a history that is completely different than Separate. current crime. Mm-hmm. So that is really interesting because typically we see escalation within the same behaviors, yeah. And only served four years. I would be really interested to see what that actually looks like. Because, yeah. I mean, I feel like anybody trying to rob a bank is, like, straight to jail right away. Yeah. No, like, especially, like, unless it's in, like, the 1950s. But, like, in modern day, like, excuse me, as a felon, yeah. No, completely shocking. And he, you know, didn't waste any time no, getting right yeah. back into crime. I will say um, he did have other crimes, but it was unclear, so I don't know if maybe he was charged in the past for sexual assault or not. Oh, but these were just the yeah. most recent ones. Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. makes complete sense. I also think this is a good time to note that within those three months, this is where we really could use some reform within our culture and our society to where things like these are more monitored yeah um and not the current setup because this is why so many people that leave go back to the same behaviors because they're just thrown out and not given any guidelines or with this man restrictions Mm -hmm. on what you could and couldn't do and yes like once you leave prison i know there's a lot of debate on what people should or shouldn't do now that they're a quote-unquote free person well he's still on probation so technically not not free free. exactly But this is why there's so many reoccurring crimes or people that end up being damaged as a result because we do not monitor these behaviors or kind of put these people, quote unquote, back on track. Mm-hmm. That and also, you know, sometimes depending on the prison or jail, it makes them worse person. Yeah. Arnett pled not guilty to one count of tampering with physical evidence, one count of first degree burglary two counts of first-degree sodomy, and three counts of first-degree rape. He was originally held on $50,000 of bond. Arnett would later request that the judge reduce his bond from $50,000 to $5,000, but after the judge read his prior convictions, he doubled his bond to $100,000. Arnett was smug and at one point even winked at Ava, but with video evidence contradicting Arnett's story, coupled with Ava's powerful and emotional testimony, The jury found Cody Arnett guilty of all seven counts on July 28th of 2021. They deliberated for less than 90 minutes. The Georgetown jury also, in a landmark recommendation, recommended to the judge that Arnett be sentenced to six life sentences plus 20 years to be ran consecutively as they agreed strongly with the prosecution's argument that Arnett's crimes were escalating. The judge ultimately sentenced Arnett to life in prison with the possibility of parole in 20 years. He will be eligible for parole September 3rd of 2038. 
I like how you use consecutively in there. Yeah. (laughs) And just a little refresher, consecutive means you serve your term. So if you were served to two sentences of 10 years, you couldn't serve the second until the first 10 years was completed. completed, Mm -hmm. Where concurrently means you serve both of those at the same time, where you would ultimately end up only serving 10 years. So basically if, yeah, if a life sentence was 100 years, he got 620 years. Yeah, exactly. Which I am absolutely in love with the fact that everyone was so hardcore with this. And I just think that's awesome. Because I do agree. I think, like, first off, you're robbing banks. Like, that's so aggressive in it in general. And then you're taking it to another level of not only harming another human being, but in such a, an aggressive manner that, honestly, we don't know what would have happened to Ava if she, if she didn't, didn't take, take control. the control of her own life in her mm-hmm. own hands. Um, so I completely agree. I think this man would have ultimately become a crazed serial killer. Um, If he was not stopped, I do not think any reform would help when you're already this deep in. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. And it's interesting to note that he took the stand in his own defense, which you hear everyone say, like, you do not want to do that. And I think that kind of helped the jury decide of those six. No, and I think it's awesome because everything he did to try to make his case better, he damaged himself. You know, like, go ahead and wink. Like, that is pure Go and take the stand. Yes, because you know what? Now you're getting six life instances, Mm -hmm. and I don't care. And I love that everybody saw through that. Yeah, like, that's that's amazing, and I think it's one of the first times that... Gave me chills. (laughs) It's one of the first times that I've actually, like, sat here and felt excited about the outcome of something because this man needed to just go. Yeah. He needed to go. But I think, in my opinion, that the parole board in 2038 are going to be like, no. No. Like, yeah, we are, you, you had a chance out on parole as a felon in less than three months. It was like 70-something days. And, yeah, you escalated. So I'm thinking it's going to be a hard no. We've seen failures before, but I, I think this one, and I know Ava for sure, will be there front row saying no don't let him out yeah i hope so too after arnett's conviction ava shared her story publicly for an interview with news graphic a local newspaper ava explained that she wanted to help other survivors she stated quote i want them to know that they're not alone and they're allowed to speak out about it I understand the fear about not being believed, but they deserve to have their voice heard, and I want them to feel that they have that support, at least from me, end quote. Ava also shared the multiple failures from Georgetown College following the attack, which led to her filing a lawsuit against them. In the lawsuit, she accuses the head volleyball coach and multiple administrators for failing to provide security as well as attempting to silence her in order to cover up her story and protect the campus's image for future recruits. Ava stated for an LEX 18 interview, quote, from the minute that it happened until the minute I was finally able to say my piece and have my voice heard, they wanted it to be swept under the rug, end quote. Ava shares that this type of environment from the college staff prevented her from, quote, enjoying her equal right to equal athletic and educational opportunities, end quote. In addition to this, there were multiple security measures that the college could have easily taken but failed to implement before the attack, such as hiring a safety patrol or guard, 
adding self-closing hinges on exterior doors and automatic locks for dormitories or apartments. The lawsuit also claims that Georgetown College previously failed to inform parents, current students, as well as future students of crime that occurred on campus and the apartment complex where Ava lived had a known history of crime that included trespassing, theft, and sexual assault. So I think I'm in a really interesting spot to kind of sympathize with Ava because I also was a college athlete and I've had many friends that were college athletes and fortunately I never found myself in these situations and my college was set up for we always had a safe ride home if we were at study hall too late they would not allow us to leave by ourselves and if someone was there a security guard actually took you in the golf they had measures and And like every person had like a uh, your quote-unquote buddy and all of Mm -hmm. these things were set up to ensure the student safety I know that was really pushed at my college we always had alerts of like any activity that was going on around campus so those things are really vital especially as a female and a female athlete especially in an environment like I was a swimmer volleyball you're also exposed in your sport as Mm -hmm. well which I think a lot of people think it's easy to brush off and not take note of but that is like something that you are exposed to that you can't really control Mm -hmm. outside of that environment so anything that you can do to add precautionary measures like for us no person was allowed to just sit and watch us practice which you think like no common person would just sit and watch girls flip around in swimsuits but all of those things are set for a reason because people abuse those situations and but I do know of friends that have found themselves in very dangerous situations of going to parties and being taken advantage of or I mean even to the point of college kids spiking drinks Mm -hmm. or, or being at study hall late and having to walk home I mean all of those things carry massive massive safety risks and outcomes for these young athletes just trying to pursue the sport that they love in an education you you shouldn't have to on top of that also be like oh do I have a safe ride home because I stayed late at city hall or oh someone's watching me at practice should I have to be the one to go and approach them to tell them to leave like all of those things should not have to be done and I can totally sympathize with the fact that they wanted to sweep things under the rug I definitely understand that mindset because there are so many times where you as a college athlete feel people put band-aids over things Mm -hmm. and just are like just get over it it doesn't matter like move on all of those things because they're caring about their brand yeah like the brand is damaged so we don't care about you as a person we care about the brand and if that's going to tamper with that we're not going to address that situation as aggressively as we should or appropriately or even at all of or like to get funding and stuff mm-hmm. since it's school i mean and even funding. some of the situations that you're put in it's like okay this is this is not really appropriate but just pretend because they're donating a million dollars to yeah. build the facility just smile you're fine it's fine yeah. yeah so no i think all of those play hand in hand when it comes down to the well-being of athletes and especially female athletes a lot of the times those get blurred when things like funding, image, branding, all, and it's a very, very blurry line that no one can really see clearly through. Yeah. Well, that, and like, it's not like she was asking for much. These were simple changes, like automatic locks 
yeah, a student may get locked out one or two times, but especially the college crowd, they're out drinking, they're out late, they're stressed, you know, they're studying, like, yeah, they're going to forget to lock the door sometimes. You mm-hmm. can put an automatic lock in, not that expensive, the self-closing hinges, so you can't leave a door open, it's going to mm-hmm. shut, simple things like that, and that wouldn't have taken a lot of money or time from the college campus. Mm-hmm. No, I couldn't agree more. Georgetown College responded to the lawsuit on social media, in short, explaining what security measures were added to the campus, and quote, we are disturbed that anyone suffered such pain on our campus, end quote. Ava told News Graphic, quote, it was the saddest excuse for a statement I think I have ever seen, end quote. Ava was also frustrated that Georgetown College chose not to include the word rape even one time in their response because she doesn't think the word rape is a bad word and believes that the public shouldn't either. She stated, quote, the word rape is not a bad word. That's what it is. That is what the crime is. They are allowed to use that word. It infuriated me that it took this long and this many people to try and get Georgetown to take accountability and they still won't do it, end quote. She continued, quote, I just hope Georgetown understands that if they don't advocate for survivors of things like this, they're advocating for the rape itself. It means that they are supporting the rape that happened, the assault that happened, end quote. And I think that Ava brings up a great point here. A lot of people are uncomfortable with the word rape and we as a society like to dance around that word sometimes. But in the end, I don't think it protects anyone by not using it. It just creates more distance and taboo from the issue. What do you think, Danny? No, I actually, before you even prompt that question, that was the first thing that came into mind. I was like, that is really a good point because when you add such power to that word you put it in the aggressor's hand and not the survivor's hand where you really feel when you bring up the word rape everyone should feel uncomfortable or suppressed and it's not what we shouldn't be adding that power to the word i I completely agree i think you need to be able to openly talk about it not to a point where it's comfortable because it's not i mean it's not a comfortable issue but it shouldn't be to the point where when you're quote unquote advocating for someone how am i supposed to know what's happening and then if this is happening in one case it's going to continue to happen in other cases and it's going to get to the point where there's so much stigma around it that people are not using the word at all and then it defeats the purpose. Yeah. Because rape is a crime and the word rape is what it is. So Mm -hmm. if we're not going to use what we describe that crime is, whether that be rape, murder, abuse, all of those things carry different weight and meaning and then we're not advocating for those of the yeah. said crime. So I, I completely agree with her. You need to use the word. If it if it happened, yeah, it don't happened. Dance around it. Yeah, and and, and be up for well, that and I'm sure like she's like, I survived that. Like that is what happened. And it's kind of like by not using it and not actually saying like it's what happened. It yeah, it's like, well, it wasn't as bad. Oh yeah, she's she's a survivor, but like it was just It was an assault. It was an assault. Yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. This man held a knife to her, threatened to kill her. Terrible, and terrible terrorized things. her yeah so don't know use the word i can kind of see where maybe somebody thought it was a good idea to not include it because they don't want like for the victim's sake i can see how if that made them comfortable maybe they thought it would make the victim uncomfortable too but it's completely backwards it, it would just be kind of like adding shame mm-hmm. to it by not 
Yeah, no, and I, I agree. I can see where it could be, but in all of those cases, at no point should it be the person writing the story that's not up front and open with it. Like, I, I could understand if Ava didn't want to use it for herself to describe that, mm-hmm. but if you're going to put it out there and say what happened, you need to say what, what happened, happened. or there's the no purpose of you telling the story. And I'm not saying... You need to go in and and say every detail of what happened to her. It's just describing what actually happened. Yeah. Instead of dancing around something that already has a lot of taboo and, uh, I mean... Uncomfortability. And I I think it, it speaks a lot more volumes on those stories that are told. It's told in more of a way that it sounds like Ava could be lying. Mm, of like dancing around yeah like you're dancing oh it was an assault but we're not going to say what it was because he's already been convicted of by now yeah like to me it sounds more of those stories that you hear about oh you know the girl could be lying so we're not gonna really make it that bad and it's like Mm. no this was that bad you need to tell what it was And this is why so many people don't speak up because they get stories put out of where, well, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I agree. I'm so glad that she brought it up to, you know, the public eye though too because I don't think I would have caught that. And granted, I'm not in her situation. I haven't been. So I wouldn't have had those same feelings. But reading their response unless it was super obvious that they were dancing around it i don't think i would have caught that they didn't use the word rape right so like her bringing it up and like bringing it to the spotlight i think that's so admirable because people like us wouldn't have even thought about it yeah no and i i agree that like i'm now passionate about it now too because i wouldn't have thought about it but on a lot of the other topics that we're passionate about and talk about we always say education is key and understanding and knowledge is power is has a vital lifeline to this because so many go unheard because they don't believe that they're going to be understood or believed or there's a shame about it but by saying it and allowing it to be said speaks so much louder for those survivors that more and more people will let others know this is not okay this happened to me and more crimes will be stopped because those people will be hopefully things go right taken off the street and in prison for that instead of dancing around it and adding a shame and a dullness that needs to have such heavy light on yeah well and i think we as a society and the criminal justice system in general does not make it easy at all for a victim to even go through the process, Mm -hmm. right? Like they've already been victimized, they survived. There's a whole range of emotion, I'm sure that goes through that. The grieving process, all of the steps, like the self-guilt, the blaming themselves, all of that. But then to, if they do decide to go to police, to tell a stranger over and over and over again what happened to for them to say, okay well we caught the guy um he says you're lying so now we got to go to court and you got to say all over again Mm -hmm. and again in front of many people that you don't know yes we have the ability to keep their identities private but like i think we should 
think about other ways that we can protect and also make it easier for women to report because there's not enough women reporting. Yeah, and I think even just for the fact of all of those things need to be said, to Ava's point, we can't even use the word when yeah. we talk about it. Yeah, and like so she course, did all of that. Like, yeah. Of course we can't get anything else right because you can't even use the word appropriately. Yeah, I agree. And now going back to the lawsuit against Ava and the college, we know that the justice system isn't a fast-paced machine by any means, so we're still awaiting the outcome of the lawsuit, but I hope that Georgetown College takes responsibility for their failures and can also work with survivors and experts to ensure they are taking all of the necessary precautions to prevent a brutal attack like this one in the future. Violent crimes on college campuses, especially rape and sexual assault, are an epidemic. One in four female college students experiencing sexual violence is an unacceptable statistic that has to change. College, universities, secondary schools hold the most responsibility in keeping their students safe, but we know that some schools fall short. Stay vigilant and watch your surroundings. Travel with buddies, and if you can afford to purchase extra security devices for your dorm or apartment, please do. Again, I've included a couple of links below on inexpensive security devices, majority under $50, and that will help add security to your living space to protect you as well as your precious items. I know I always say that we shouldn't have to take these extra precautions as women to stay alive or not be attacked, but until we as a society can make a large impact and protect all women as a whole, we'll unfortunately have to look out for ourselves and other women. Yes, I don't think I could have said that any better than you. And I do want to just light on the fact that we don't do this to scare everyone, to never leave their house or things like that. But it's just making sure when you're out and about with your girlfriends, someone is keeping an eye on where everyone's at and you you're just looking out for each other and yourself because it's always in those moments where you're like oh it'll be okay this time where it wouldn't be yeah and And you never want to have to take those measures but at the end of the day we do yeah Well, and even myself that literally just watches true crime, you would think that I would be the most prepared, but I even let my guard down sometimes, which you should be able to, but even recently, uh, I already told you about this, but at the Halsey concert, I was just sitting there having a good time, and this nice young lady came up to me and said, hey, I just want to let you know the guy next to you is taking pictures of you. And I was like, so, well, I was upset at the man, obviously, but then I became upset at myself. Like, you know better. You mm-hmm. should have been looking around. But, and then I had to remind myself, like, it's not your fault. But at the same time, like, it's good to remind other people to stay aware Mm -hmm. but also to be watching too because if some other girl wasn't watching and I saw that I would have gone up to her and just made her aware so yeah I think it that right there just goes to show that other people do look out for other people yeah it's just not it's not everyone and until we get there we got to make sure we keep doing it but with that that'll conclude today's episode let us know your thoughts on Instagram and Facebook at Law Ghost Stories. If you have a case suggestion, please reach out through our website at lawghoststories.com. All of today's source material will be linked in the description box below. 
We'll be back with a new episode in a couple of weeks, but until then, stay safe out there. It's a weird world. Thank you to Alexander Nakarada for allowing us to use his sound nightmare for our theme music.